the bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. And welcome everyone, this is Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations today. We have a special guest, Elliot Hoffman. He's the co-founder and CEO of New Voice of Business, an organization that is dedicated to changing the way business is in the world and the influence that happens. Elliot, welcome. Well, thank you. Nice to be here, Cheryl. So today we're going to talk a little bit about kind of why you really wanted to do this and, and what difference you can you see that you can make with New Voice. I had that pleasure of meeting you last week, and you were in front of a group of about 80 people. And I would say those are people who think a little out of the box. And what I saw in that room was that your message inspired people wanting to take action. And I think that in itself is just amazing. So I'd like you to share with us a little bit about your vision for New Voice and um, talk a little bit about how you started that. Uh, sure. You know, the, 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 the vision, if you will, is to really um, essentially unite and amplify the voices of millions of business people uh, towards creating a world of well-being for all. Uh, we are an organization of business people. Companies can't join. And we'd love to have CEOs of small, mid-sized, and large companies along with you know, the young person that's just starting out in working for a business and says, I want to be in business. You know, MBA students are welcome and uh, professor, business professors and so on. And the, the short story of how this began uh, was from um, a 15-year tradition of having my wife and I having tea with our closest friends every Saturday morning. And these other friends, uh, Dan and Meredith Beam, uh, Meredith was also at, our, at, the, at the gathering last week, right. uh, the three of us have been um, kind of covertly working our way through the business community for several decades together <laughs> uh, in San Francisco and California. Yeah. And the basic belief is that business, good, bad, or indifferent, is the dominant institution on the planet today. And it can be a force for good, it can be a force for ill, and it, it is in reality a force for both. Right. <clears throat> and um, when people in this country think about or read about or hear about the voice of business or the business community yeah. or business believes this, it's almost always... Um, in the frame of business is usually against something that's good for most people. Uh, it's referring, generally generally speaking, to the old, tired, industrial-era business voices right. that really speak to the past, like the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and the National Association of Manufacturers and a few others like that. Mm-hmm. And they've uh, been around for literally 100 years. Right. And we strongly believe... Uh, those of us involved in New Voice now, that they 
do not represent the vast majority of those who might self-describe as business people. They represent an old, as I said, an old, old, tired, industrial era business thinking and voices. And we're interested in establishing more of a new, innovative, creative, uh, future-looking business thinking and voices. That's what we see as representing. And so it was at T that we um, talked about creating this new voice of business. And we, uh, I had been working with uh, Ben Cohn at Ben and Jerry's on another, on another business organization that Ben was yeah. focused on, and decided uh, I wanted to move on and create something that was I felt was um, uh, more needed in these times. So we literally got a group of fifteen business friends together, spent a day together, and essentially created the outline of what this might be. And this was just two years ago. Well, and you've come a long way. So it we have. To me, yeah. like the, we've always heard about um, the Chamber of Commerce, etc., protecting the interests of business, lobbyists protecting the interests of business. And, you know, it sounds to me like what you're saying is protecting the interests of business is really about protecting the interests of the people on the planet. Uh, that's basically what we believe. Yeah. You cannot have a healthy business. You cannot have a healthy business community or a healthy economy in a planet that is being ravaged. Right. The whole notion of uh, focused uh, focusing on ever-increasing quarterly profits, um, you know, maximization of short-term financial interests at all costs, is killing our nation and our planet. And uh, it, it will not continue. I mean, we are going to experience major change, major transformation, and we can either do it uh, with intent and consciousness and awareness, or we can just let it happen to us, in which case it would be, it'll be devastating to what, all of us. What do you think are some of the things that, could happen if we do not stop, take stock, and make a mid-course correction here? You know, I won't go through the whole litany of, of, of challenges we're facing, but our kind of a framing, if you will, that we uh, have held at New Voice of Business is that we are facing... Uh, probably the most significant challenges to ever face humankind. We're also facing probably the most exciting opportunities to ever face humankind. We're holding this paradox at a, at a historic time. So we all know about global warming, and I'm sure there are some people that don't believe it's real or some people that they're, they're not convinced that it's being caused by human activities, but the science is in. You know, there's just no more argument. We are causing, we are a major cause of climate change. Right. And it is accelerating far beyond what anybody considered to be the worst case even just a year or two ago. From, you know, ice, from the glaciers melting to Antarctic and Arctic, the Arctic sea ice melting, the Greenland ice, you can go on and on. Peak oil. Peak oil is an issue that few people are aware of. 
and it is essentially going to hit us in the next couple of years if we don't do something really quickly. There are uh, economic uh, indicators. We're not, you know, as I've said to a few people, in a sense, we'd be lucky to only have a recession. Uh, What we're going into may just be maybe a recession. Um, If we don't do something, it could get much, much worse. And, um, you know, according to... um, Good science, there's a book called Beyond the Limits, the 30-year update by Dennis and Dennis and Dana Meadows, two of the most highly regarded scientists around, that said that we surpassed the Earth's carrying capacity in 1986. Reality is, in an increasing population, decreasing fossil fuel resources, decreasing ability of the atmosphere to absorb our toxic toxic wastes, the, the, the ocean's inability to continue to absorb our wastes. Um, we have, uh, we're, we're hitting up against the ceiling. That's what's really going on. And um, as business people, we have an enormous influence on policy. And a major part of what we're about is to build this business movement, if you will, and collaborate with other cross-sector organizations and alliances and um, make sure that we elect uh, policymakers, politicians who understand what's going on and are bold enough to take action that uh, is of the scale that meets the scale of these problems that we face. Well, and I would think most people would say to you, well, that's great, Elliot, but the people who really have the power are the lobbyists, and the lobbyists get their power from big corporations who pay them a lot of money. And so, you know, how do you you deal with that as a small or medium-sized business or a community who wants to make a difference? Mm -hmm. Great question. I think most, most of us feel almost powerless. So what needs to happen is a movement needs to be built. And it is, in fact, uh, being built right now as we speak. And um, it can no, as I say to people, it cannot be about you or me as individuals. It cannot be about your organization or my organization. It needs to go to the level of the we and us. We need to find ways to collaborate together to make the kind of change that needs to happen. There are some of us who are, it's just part of our DNA to build pathways to change. Mm -hmm. Most people need some Mm on-ramps. And it's not a criticism, it's just the way it is. Right. (laughs) Right. And um, so my job is, along with others, is to build these pathways and on-ramps so that other people can get on. Uh, and we believe that once the political uh, leaders see that there are literally tens of millions of people that are demanding uh, real change, that will diminish the influence of the lobbyist money. Now, that does not mean that we can uh, do this without money. It is going to take money. And so we've just been asked to join the steering committee of, of, of a major uh, movement that will be raising 50 to to $100 million 
to... Well, I want to hear more about how that's going to happen, and we'll talk more about that and what some of the opportunities are ahead when we come right back. Talk about his money. Call us toll free 866-472-5790 and talk to the experts. We talk talk money money all the time. time. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. More and more business people recognize the importance of spirituality in their work. How do busy professionals discover what rings true for them? Embracing the journey with Karen Humphrey Salad explores what it means to be spiritually fulfilled in business and how to integrate spiritual direction into a career. Expert guests, authors, and inspiring speakers join Karen every week to discuss such issues as honesty, compassion, generosity, ethics, and integrity in the workplace. Take a positive step forward to greater life balance. Tune into Embracing the the journey with Karen Humphrey Salad, broadcasting every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Money, money, up to date business and financial news. Money, money. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866 472 5790. 866 472 5790. Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Now back to your host. Cheryl. We're back. We're speaking today with Elliot Hoffman, the co-founder and CEO of A New Voice of Business. Elliot, before we went to break, you were speaking about um, how New Voice has been invited to join a movement where you are going to be involved in developing or the development of funds for this movement. Can you talk about that? Uh, sure. Uh, the, there's a, uh, a collaborative effort called the One Sky Initiative, and it's www.onesky.org. That is about bringing together um, hundreds, thousands of um, organizations aligned around uh, global, war- global warming, creating millions of good new jobs in the green economy, and moving the country towards uh, building the clean, renewable energy economy in the future. And it will be a massive grassroots movement that will um, highlight those uh, members of Congress and presidential candidates that will uh, essentially sign on to the One Sky platform which, again, is essentially about moving this country quickly to the renewable energy future. 
um, and will highlight those running for Congress and president that um, don't get it. And this is nonpartisan. This is all all congressional and presidential candidates will have equal access to all this information, and um, we're looking, hopefully everybody will sign on. That's very interesting. Is this already happening? It is just starting up. It started up probably six months ago. And so if we wanted to go and find out about our candidates who are running for the presidential election in the U.S., would we be able to get information about that? Uh, to be, um, yes, you can, but I'm not sure if One Sky has it available yet. Okay. But there are other sources uh, that have uh, uh, where you can find out what what candidates uh, hold what positions on uh, different right. energy issues. Right, right, right. But it would be nice if things were all in one place, wouldn't it? Absolutely. A great service. A great service. You got it. So well, this will be a collaboration of business, environmental folks, labor folks, and so on. Anyway. So we would have a real cross-section yes. of people who are really um, people and organizations who want, who are committed to uh, a better planet. Definitely. A better life on this planet. Yep. Um, you know, it. I've heard people say that all of this activity um, and all of this interest in global warming, et cetera, isn't at all about the planet because the planet will be here. Um, it, what shape it will be in is anybody's guess. But this is really about the uh, survival of civilization. Do you agree with that? I totally agree with it. Uh, I'm fully confident that the Earth, I mean, unless some outside force uh, hits it, right. but the global warming, the Earth will get through this. It might take yeah. a thousand years. It might take a million years, yeah. which is still a brief time in, in Earth history. But it is about the well-being of, of our species and all life on the planet. Hmm. It will be a very different planet if we do not do something very soon. Right. Have you always been interested in the environment and the effect on people? <clears throat> to some extent, yes. However, I, to be honest, from being in my own business... I've always been involved uh, as an activist of sorts, a business activist. And um, I've always held a deep belief in the potential for the human species to do really great things. And I've always seen business as a uh, major force, if you will. And I saw no reason why it couldn't be a force for positive social, ecological, and economic change. And I've been involved with that whole movement for 20-plus years from Social Ventures Network and BSR to... uh, I I was even on the board of directors of the San Francisco Chamber of Commerce for six years, and I had a great relationship with many of the people there. And they knew that I was on the more progressive side of things, but there was a tremendous amount of respect for the ideas that I put forward, and I was very respectful of, of other people's ideas. You, you mentioned chambers of commerce earlier, and I just wanted to be clear that not all chambers of commerce are alike. Mm. I remember being on the board of the chamber in San Francisco, and there were CEOs from large companies there, and we always saw the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and the California Chamber of Commerce as kind of a joke. 
You know, they're not to be a joke, but Neanderthals that are from the last century. And there are some chambers that are future-looking and are willing to step up to some of the uh, newer ideas, and there are those that are really backwards. So, again, not all chambers are built alike. And, and so just to clarify, the, the purpose of chambers of commerce to begin with was to represent the interest of business, right? Yes, and uh, uh, and it is it is morphing for some to the interest of business within the larger context of building a healthy community. Yeah. And I would put the for, as an example, I'd put the San Francisco Chamber of Commerce there. Hmm. They're not out to. Uh, um, for business to gain while the community loses. Right. That's a good distinction. And they were there when we, when we first started New Voice of Business, we jumped into two major California campaigns, which the California Chamber of Commerce was vehemently against. The oil companies really? and utilities were vehemently against these two. And the Chamber of Commerce and the Bay Area Council and other major and other chambers, local chambers, when I went to get their support, they were right there. So tell us about these two major campaigns you guys got connected into. Uh, sure. Uh, the first one is called the uh, California Solar Initiative, mm-hmm. which was about to pass in the fall of '05 with support from the governor, Democrats and Republicans, but at the very last minute, one, two chapters of one union uh, made demands that essentially killed it. It would have raised the cost of solar energy. Wow. But because it was what's called a rate-payer-based uh, rebate program, meaning that everybody's uh, rates were going to go up slightly to pay for a major solar rebate program, mm-hmm. um, the Public Utilities Commission could make the decision. And um, a friend of mine asked me to get involved, and uh, I had asked him if business had been involved in this. And he said, well, yes, the California Chamber and the utilities were all against it. And I said, well, that's not a surprise, but did anybody try to get business, general business support? He said, no. And when I asked if that would make a difference if somebody did that, he said it would be huge. So I being very involved in the business community for many, many years in San Francisco, I called the leaders of some of the major business organizations and essentially said, look, I think global warming is for real. And if we don't do something, we and our children are are up the creek and our businesses will fail. But let's spend more time on the opportunities. I said, I think we're facing the largest opportunity to ever face humanity, and it's called the transition to the clean renewable energy future. And the business, investment, and job creation opportunities are enormous. Hmm. And every one of them completely agreed with both of those sides of the coin. And even after telling them that their, their, their members' electric utility rates would go up slightly, they all signed on. So we, within 75 days, were able to get the support of about 7,500 businesses from Northern California, along with 100 or 200 CEOs from small, mid-sized, and large companies. And when I met with the president of the Public Utilities Commission, Mike Peavy, he was, had knocked his socks off and said, well, let's increase the rebate. 
And so we increased the rebate from $1.8 billion to $3.5 billion over 10 years. And the Public Utilities Commission passed this by a vote of 4 to 1. And it is still the largest solar power initiative in the history of this country. Really? And it's because business people were ready to step up and did. And the exact same thing essentially happened with AB32, which, as you know, is the California Global Warming Solutions Act of 2006, and it's still the only mandatory um, cap on CO2 emissions in the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tell us a little bit about that, AB32, because some people I know don't are sure. clear about what that is. AB32, um, again, is... Um, it's not in effect yet, but it's being the implement. We're in the implementation phase. The the law, the bill was passed, which says that California will reduce its CO2 emissions, its greenhouse gas uh, emissions, back to 1990 levels by 2020, or a projected 25% decrease from where it's expected to be in 2020, mm. and then. 80% by 2050. So the the regime to put that together, the combination of regulatory and market-based uh, incentives are being worked out right now. And that's going to take another... Uh, it, it goes into full effect uh, in 2012. So but there's no, this is still the only state that has done this. Well, and, and you know what's nice to hear is that... This is extending out into a time frame. Many of the people who are working on this may not be around by right. 2050, and yet there is intention and concern about the next generation looking forward. So, you know, beginning to take action from that perspective is somewhat new. Fortunately, it um, is. But it's good that it's happening. We have more to talk about with this Elliot Hoffman. talk about is money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. 
The economy and financial markets continue to expand in both their size and complexity, but being able to anticipate changes in the markets for housing, jobs, and financial assets remains a crucial ingredient to our financial well-being. On the economy and the markets, with economist, investment strategist, portfolio manager, and host, Doug Cliggett, utilizes his 25 years of experience with that of his highly informed guests to provide clear, reasoned explanations of current events. To navigate the markets that influence our lives every day of the week, tune into The Economy and the Markets with Doug Cliggett, broadcasting each Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The Economy and the Markets, clear thoughts in a complex world. Stocks, bonds, 401ks, investments, refinancing. We can help you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. We're back today speaking with Elliot Hoffman, who's the CEO of New Voice of Business. Elliot, um, you have jumped into some pretty major initiatives that will really affect the way, essentially the way that people in California, for sure, live their lives. You know, if solar is going to be supported in this way, then people are going to be inspired to take action and feel like it's it's not that big of a deal. Yes, it's a change, but there's some advantage to it. You know, this is a huge cultural shift. Do you see people actually buying in? Uh, some people, yes. Others just are not ready. Either, um, uh, a dear friend of mine put together what's called the Green Innovation Index for California and did a lot of polling and the polling showed that in California, I believe the number was 81% of the people believe that global warming is a real and present danger and we should take immediate action. And 50% said that they would actually pay extra for products and services to have them to be green, if you will. Mm-hmm. And those numbers are about 50% around the country. It's about 50% believe it's real and about 27% believe, said that they would... Um, Pay extra, so it depends where you are. Um, so I, the, the, there, there's been just so much doubt, right? Intentionally put into the information streams. There, these right. folks, there are folks who are, they've taken um, strategies from the tobacco companies, and right. they don't deny, but they just create enough doubt, right? Right, right, right. So that people become. Uh, um, immobile, and that really slows down. I mean, it, it seems like you know eventually we're going to get there no matter what. But it may slow the process down enough that um, others who are benefiting from things being the way they are can continue to have that benefit. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. And they have um, enormous resources. Yes, that's very true. But it seems like we're hitting this tipping point. You know, I mean, if, if we look at what has happened in the last couple of years, it seems like one of the the moments where a shift felt really strong was the 
Al Gore's inconvenient truth. Suddenly there was a, an acknowledgement. Oh, right, that's right. And that was a big cultural shift. And obviously a lot of people had been thinking that for a long while, but somehow there was not, I don't know if it was people didn't feel empowered to say so or if there just wasn't enough collective exposure all at the same time, but that seemed to give the issue. Do you think that that's going to happen um, again, taking it to the next level? Uh, I do. It it has to. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, either it's going to happen because we raise our awareness or um, more significant climate events are going to occur. It is purely a matter of time, and it's not a long time. Um, I, you know, it's when you when you look at the, there was a study done recently that showed of the five, I believe it's the Sunday morning wonk shows, news shows, Meet the Press, and so on. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, there were twenty seven hundred questions asked, and three of them were directly about global warming. <laughs> twenty seven were something around climate change, okay. and. Um, you know, people are still buying SUVs. Right, right, right. And it's just amazing. Well, you know, it, it it's the kind of thing where people we don't we don't often change behavior. What we know about behavior in human beings is we don't often change behavior unless there is some um, real critical incentive. And sometimes it's a positive, but sometimes it's a negative. Right. Um, and, Crises. Right. Well, and. You know, right now, people aren't feeling it. You know, their life isn't that different. Even if gas prices go up, they just, you know, say, well, okay, so maybe we'll carpool. Um, But life in general isn't that different. And so there isn't a whole lot of incentive not to buy that SUV um, just based on what they, you know, it's intellectual right now. It's intellectual. It isn't really the, the, in their The problem life. is once if if we wait to change behavior um, until we all see these things right in our face, then as, as in the global needs of global warming, it, it actually then becomes too late because certain. Right. I'm sure you've heard of these positive feedback loops. These um, natural phenomena just take they take a life take on a life of their own. Right. And it just then there's no stopping it. Right. So if we wait for the crises to be here and now and present, it will only get worse. And the, again, the, 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 there was a report done by um, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Nicholas Stern, in the UK that came out just over a year ago, and it's called the Economics of Climate Change. Hmm. And the short version is that they they said that we can we have two choices essentially we can either invest and i underline the word invest as in job creation business creation and so on we can invest 1% of global gdp and prevent the worst of climate change from happening so there's this bright future essentially i mean we're not going to escape all the impact of global warming we can escape the worst and create jobs and create a new economy of, of greater sense of abundance for everybody, where we're not shipping $300 billion a year to the Middle East to buy oil and so on and so forth. If we wait and don't begin to invest 
and 1% of global GDP is about $450 billion a year. If we don't make these investments very soon, then we run a very high risk of spending, and I'll underline the word spend, up to 20% of global GDP, essentially forever until we're out of money, dealing with the ever-increasing impacts of global warming. And 20% of global GDP is $9 trillion a year in today's dollars. So it might be 5%, might be 10%, might be 20%, but we're just going to be throwing money away essentially forever, uh, you know, at least for the foreseeable future, if we don't uh, rise to this occasion. Mm-hmm. And our children will live in a very different world. Mm-hmm. And this, I don't know how old you are, Cheryl, but I was born in the mid-1900s, mid and um, we have consumed an enormous share of the Earth's resources yes. in this very short period of time. Yes, we have. Yes. As if there is no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And we're leaving our children a very depleted future, and that is just immoral, plain and simple. Do you think any other um, generation has had this kind of thinking or this kind of concern? You know, I think it's I think it's natural in in our species to want to leave your children a world that's better than how you found it. Right. I think that's a dream that we all have. I don't know uh, if any other generation has ever had the opportunities that people like you and I have had mm-hmm. in our generation. Yeah. yeah. And we have consumed just vast quantities of resources as a species and especially in this country. And we consume 25% of all the Earth's resources and we're 4% of the population. We emit 30% of all greenhouse gas emissions, and we're 4% of the population. And people talk about China. Yeah. We consume far more than they do per capita, and we emit five, six, seven times more per capita than they do. So we, as a country, must play a leadership role uh, uh, in this world. If we don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. And we believe that business has to play a leadership role in getting this going. We're going to talk about just what leaders can do. I'm right back. All we talk about is money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. 
Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman, right here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. Talk about his money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. And we're back with our last segment of the hour, um, speaking with Elliot Hoffman of the New Voice of Business. So, Elliot, you're going to tell us some things that leaders can do to make a difference. What are those things? Uh, well, leaders can actually lead. <laughs> <laughs> and what does that look like? What does that look like? <laughs> You know, leadership is lots of different things to different people, but, you know, for me, it is setting an example. It is standing up and speaking the truth as you believe it, knowing that my truth might be a bit different than yours, but I'm speaking the truth as I know it. To me, it's acting with integrity. It's being honest about what's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's telling the truth and uh, leading by example. You know, you're willing to take risks for what you believe, uh, for what you deeply believe in. Um, I, this is just me personally. It's, um, money has never been a key driver for either my wife or myself. Hmm. We've always had enough. There are times when we've had plenty, and there are times we've had less. And, um, you know, leaders, this is the time for leaders in all kinds of businesses, all kinds of sectors to really pull together and build this movement because it's going to take massive numbers of people to turn this world into a different direction, and especially this country. And the forces of the business-as-usual crowd are very powerful, and they will not just lay down and um, have it over with. Right. Well, now, you, as a business person, you've had many, many years of business experience, having founded your own company about 30 years ago. You and your wife co-founded the company called Just Desserts, and um, I, I don't know how far reaching the, um, the story is, but Just Desserts is an, um, was an amazing organization in, in, in the Bay Area, in San Francisco Bay Area. Um, people would salivate over those desserts every day. Well, thank you. And, um, and also there was something else about the organization that um, 
seemed to appeal to people. There was a, a real sense that this organization was run very well and everybody was really nice. It seemed like people cared about things. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as if that was a flag you were waving, but people felt it when they went in to buy their just desserts. And can you talk a little bit about how you think that occurred? Sure. Um both Gail and my wife and I started this in 74, and we were both uh, were, were raised in blue-collar, middle-class families, Gail in Ohio, me in New York, and we both grew up in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And the values, the community values that we picked up during those times, the very transformative times, um, were embedded in our own DNA. And I remember Gail and I having a conversation as we just started the started the business. Not only were we committed to making really great stuff, I mean, using real butter and fresh eggs that we cracked every day and on and on. It was really from scratch, and that that was not that was anything but the norm in the bakery business. And we also made a very um, clear decision about the kind of workplace that we wanted to create. We basically said, we want to create the kind of workplace that we want to go to work in every day. That just made sense. So we are, you know, the, the, the people that worked, I didn't even consider people working for us. I considered people working with us. And uh, we truly cared about uh, the health and well-being of our staff. Um, you know, after a while, we realized that you know, if you treat people well as your as your family, they're going to be. They're also going to be motivated to care about um, the quality of the products and services that they provide to our customers. And I always used to tell people that, you know, you could have the exact same bakery right across the street. You could have the same equipment, the same recipes, same ingredients, but your product will be different than mine. Yours might be better. And that intangible ingredient is the people. And if people feel good about the place that they're working in, they're going to do their best to do it really well. If you treat people like a dog, they're going to treat you like a dog. Right. So there was, and people knew that we truly did care about, we cared about them. I, my son is coming home from D.C. tomorrow. He's, he turned 28 yesterday. He's coming home for a visit. And I remember the day that he was born, I took off two weeks to be with Gellin Miles. Wow. And it was an extraordinary experience. And I came back to work, and again, this is 28 years ago, and I said, we are going to have paid maternity and paternity leave. Wow. And because there was a, a segment of our, of our uh, staff that uh, had, happened to be gay or lesbian, they said, well, that's not fair. And we, in the end, we said, everybody has three weeks paid family leave. Right. And that was well before it was even a topic of conversation. That was revolutionary. That's right. And we also were very involved in our community in many ways for many, many years. And uh, so it was about building a great business and being part of building a healthy community. 
that uh, you've, you've always had that consciousness of feeling a sense of responsibility yeah. um, in how you show up in your community and how your business shows up in, in that community. Right. Yeah. Right. And and so it sounds to me like that really has informed you consistently um, and, and really informed kind of where you've arrived, um, taking those values and putting them forth into an even bigger initiative here. This is big, what you are trying to do here. I hope so. Yeah, we're and, we're um, we're not about not interested in nibbling nibbling at the edges. It's edge edge, edge nibbling is over. <laughs> and and that it, you sure are leading by example with this effort. Well, um, thank you. The new voice of business. Um, I know people will want to know more about this, Elliot, and what they can do and how they can contribute to this. Um, what is your website? It's at www.newvoiceofbusiness.org. .org. .org. Newvoiceofbusiness.org. I know that you have the opportunity for people to um, contribute in many different ways, so I'm sure that you're going to have a lot of support. It's been great having you here today. Well, thank you. Nice spending some time with you. close here. Yeah. Wish you lots of luck with this, and you'll have to come back uh, and let us know how it's going. All right. All right. So thanks for being with us, Elliot. I'd like to remind everyone, big, that the world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Espino. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G dot com. See you next week.